that's fine. Ready break. All right. Well, welcome back or welcome for the first time. Either way, I'm glad you're here as we're pushing on into week three of this series. They were calling a good start because really what we've been talking about all month long and we will for the next couple weeks is how to get each day off to a good start through some very important habits. Uh, the habits that we've talked about up to this point, I think, have been pretty obvious when you talk about habits uh, inside of a church context. We've talked both about prayer and scripture reading. And really, those two habits, praying and, and reading your Bible, are, are two of the most foundational habits that you can ever build into your life as a follower of Jesus. And I said last week, and I just want to mention again, just because they're obvious doesn't mean that they're not important. Just because you've heard people talk about them over and over and over, don't let that kind of lull you to sleep on their importance and value. You will not, you cannot be a fully devoted follower of Jesus without having a consistent habit of prayer and scripture reading. But this week's habit, what we're going to talk about today, is a little less obvious. Matter of fact, when I tell you what it is, you may not even think of it as a habit, but the truth is that this habit is a real force multiplier for the time that you spend in prayer and in Scripture. The habit that we're going to look at this week is the habit of silence. Now, at first hearing, I get it. It may sound weird to your ears to describe silence as a habit, much less think of it as a spiritual habit. But, in fact, silence and solitude have a long and rich, rich history in the church as foundational habits for following Jesus. If you look back at the church in any age, you will see the reoccurring pattern of an emphasis on silence and solitude uh, in the life of the follower of Jesus. Why is that? It's because silence and solitude are places and times that God can and does speak to us. Author Henry Nguyen puts it like this. He says, without solitude, it is almost impossible to live a spiritual life. In solitude, we separate ourselves from people and things in order to attend to God. In stillness, we quiet every inner and outer voice to listen for God's sheer silence. I mean, I think that is so important because we don't often realize the, the necessity of silence and, and solitude in our spiritual life. And I think it's probably more important now than it ever has been for the follower of Jesus because we are constantly bombarded by everything demanding our attention. And, and just to take a moment, to take a break from those things, and give the full attention of our heart and mind to Jesus is something that we just can't afford to do without. 
And I think we see that not just in the history of the church or in practice of Christians. We see that in the scriptures as well. So what I want to do today is kind of show you how uh, silence is important as we see it in the scriptures in, in really a few different uh, places. The, the first one is this. If you got your Bibles, go to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings uh, chapter 19 it is kind of in the middle or, or the high point of the story of the prophet Elijah. Elijah was a mighty prophet in the land. He had performed signs and wonders up to the point of proclaiming that it would not rain in the land of Israel for three years. And it didn't. And because of that, the, the nation, a lot of the nation uh, had their cages rattled. God got the attention of the nation. This all culminated on a battle between Elijah and the false prophets on Mount Carmel where Elijah calls down fire from heaven and drives out the false prophet but from the height of that ministry Elijah then goes on to run for his life because Queen Jezebel's after him and he falls into a depression and anxiety and he runs away and he hides in a cave and in the cave God comes to speak to him and that's where we pick up reading in 1 Kings chapter 19 while Elijah's hiding away God speaks to him in verse 11 and it says, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. So go out of the cave, stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. It says, and at that moment the Lord passed by. A great and a mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and shattering cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So God comes to Elijah hiding in the cave on the run for his life. And he says, come and stand in my presence. And what's amazing here is that God didn't appear to Elijah in ways that he had appeared to his prophets in the past. See, God was not in the mighty rushing wind like when he came to speak to Job. And God was not in the massive earthquake like he did to Moses in Mount Sinai in the giving of the Ten Commandments. And God was not in the fire like he appeared in a burning bush with Moses in the wilderness. God doesn't reveal himself in any of these things. In fact, it's when Elijah hears that soft whisper that that's when God showed up. And Elijah comes out of the cave and God says to him, man, why are you hiding in this cave? See, I think that even... The English translation we read here in the CSB, that soft whisper, um, that's not the best translation. Matter of fact, it's really difficult to translate the original Hebrew that 1 Kings 19 verse 12, 13 were written in into English. And this phrase in particular is difficult because really the maybe one of the more literal translation would be that God came in a sheer silence. And you understand the difficulty of why that's hard to translate because how did Elijah hear silence? You know, you can't, you can't hear silence. But the, the point is, is that God didn't come in these big, loud, crazy ways. He came in this silence to speak to the prophet. You know, 
uh, is not just here. There's other places in Scripture that we see the importance of silence. We see it several, several times in the life of Jesus. Uh, I'll just hit a few of them really quickly. Mark one thirty-five. it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, went out, made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. Luke 4.42, When it was day, Jesus went out and made his way to a deserted place, but the crowds were searching for him. They came uh, to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. And then in Matthew 14, 23, it says, After dismissing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray well into the night. He was there alone. So not only do we see in the Old Testament God speaking to the prophet in silence, but in the New Testament, in the life of Jesus, we see Jesus himself seeking out moments of silence. Those are just three verses, but all throughout Jesus' ministry, we have recorded in the Gospels that he would get away in silence and solitude to spend time with the Father. But maybe more important than an example in the Old Testament and examples in the New Testament are the straight-up commands that we have to be still and silent before the Lord. Psalm 37 says this, Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for Him. That's a command. Psalm 46.10 says, Stop fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. Again, that's a command. Be silent and wait for Him. Stop fighting. Other translations say, Be still and know. So no matter where you look, Scripture shouts the message of silence. It tells us that we need to have a time in our life regularly, daily, that we can be silent and alone before the Lord so that we can hear from Him. And it seems to me that in our Western American culture today, we have lost the necessity of that practice in our spiritual life. More than that, I think that we have just flat out become uncomfortable with silence and solitude. Just think about it. When you walk into your house, you almost immediately turn on the TV, start streaming on a device, or start scrolling through your phone. Why? Because we're uncomfortable with silence. When you step into an elevator in a building, there is pre-programmed music playing so that you don't have to ride that elevator alone and in silence. We walk into a doctor's office. What is waiting on you in the waiting room? A TV that's just playing background white noise. Get in your car and drive away this afternoon. And I promise you, the radio or, or your streaming device, they're already blaring. And look, the church isn't immune to this as well. Because in most churches, even in our churches, sometimes when we have an unplanned moment of silence... It usually gets filled by the strumming of a guitar or the playing of a keyboard. See, I think that we are just uncomfortable with silence. We are uncomfortable with solitude, and that's to our own detriment. See, what I hope you'll hear today is that we need to figure out how to put this practice of silence back into our lives so that we can allow the Lord to still speak to us in that soft whisper, in that sheer silence, so that he can speak to the needs of our heart. So, that's why this is important. But I want to take a minute, not just leave it there. I want to go a little bit deeper and not just talk about why this is important, but what this looks like. 
Because I think when we look at prayer and we look at scripture reading, to me those are pretty straightforward habits of what they look like. Most of us, whether we've ever been in church or not, have a rough idea of how to pray. And Pastor Eddie did a phenomenal job of walking us through what it looks like to pray. We talked last week about scripture reading and how we can read the scriptures and what that looks like as we make a plan and we work that plan. And so we talked about that. So, so right now, what do we mean when we say that we need the habit of silence to allow God to speak to us. How does God speak to us in silence? Like, that's the question, isn't it? How does God... Chip, what do you mean that God speaks to us in silence? A couple of things. First is this. When we say that God speaks to us in silence, that doesn't necessarily mean that his voice is audible. Now, I just want to shoot you straight here. It is not the common experience of my life or many godly men and women I know that God would speak audibly to them. However, I don't want to preclude the possibility that that might happen. But what I want you to say is when we say in the silence, have God speak to you, don't expect it to be a booming voice from the sky. God speaks to us in the silence, usually through silence, speaking to our heart, speaking in thoughts, speaking in directions. That's how God speaks to us. But here's something that's so important. Don't miss this. When we say that God speaks to us in our silence, what he does not do is speak new truth to us. Now, this is a big thing, right? Because when we say God speaks to us in the silence, what I don't mean is that you need to have this blank canvas and you're just sitting there open and silent and waiting for God just to throw out any random thought or direction for your life. That's not necessarily what I mean. See, when God speaks to us in silence, he is not going to speak to us apart from what he has already revealed to us in his word. Now, this is huge, right? Because one of the things that I deal with as a pastor is people very often saying, Chip, how do I know that this is God speaking to me? How do I know that this is what God wants? How do I know I'm not just making this up? This is the biggest answer to that question. God will not speak to you apart from truth he has already revealed in Scripture. We said it last week. Scripture speaks with the voice of God. And in silence... He illuminates and confirms that truth of his word in our hearts. And to take it further, he then guides and directs specific applications from the scripture for our life. Let me give you some examples of what that has looked like in my life personally. So when I felt God was calling me into the ministry... There was not a chapter in the Bible entitled, God is calling Chip into the ministry. That's not what that looks like. There are principles of what it looks like to be called into the ministry in Scripture. There are qualifications for those who are called into the ministry in Scripture. But there was never a verse that says, Chip, thou shalt go to seminary. That's not how it works. However... As I spent time in silence and solitude, in prayer and reading the scripture, God began to illuminate the truth of those scriptures, to confirm the truth of those scriptures, and then to lead me to say, yes, Chip, this is what I want for you. 
So it's not that he was revealing a brand new truth that I was not aware of, but he was lovingly, by his word and by his spirit, applying that truth in a specific direction for my life. He will do the same for you. As you, in silence and solitude, spend time in prayer and reading the scripture, that silence and solitude will be a force multiplier that will allow God to confirm the truth of scripture and to guide and direct the application of that scripture in your life. That's what we mean when we say God speaks to us in the silence. We don't have a lot of time, but if that is still confusing, reach out to us. I'd love to talk with you about that. But I think it is important before we finish up today to say, okay, then if that's what it looks like and that's why it's important, how do we put it into practice? So really quick, as we kind of wind down today, let me, let me share with you some things I think will help you build this habit of silence in your life. The first thing is this, find your quiet place. Whether it's at home, whether it's a park, maybe it's in your truck before you get out to go to your job on the day, wherever it is. Find a place that you can be alone and apart from distractions as you begin your time of scripture reading and prayer. If you have young kids like me, that may mean getting up first thing in the morning because that's the only time that you can be intentionally alone. I get it. But it's so important to find your quiet place. This isn't going to happen by accident. It's going to take intention and effort. As we talk about finding your quiet place, here's the other thing I would encourage you to do is put away the screens. Put away the screens. Look, I know it. I use version myself. It's really handy. I love having music play in the background as I'm doing things. But I want to encourage you as you're working to build this habit of silence and solitude in your life, at least for right now, just get a hard copy of the Bible and leave the AirPods alone. Turn off the electronics. And if you have to have your electronics, if that's just where your devotional plans are at, just make sure you turn the notifications off because one of the most important practical benefits of silence and solitude as a spiritual discipline is that it removes distractions. It removes the distractions that are threatening to steal our attention and our affection away from God. So as you're working to build this habit in your life, Find your quiet place, put up the screens, and then third, focus your heart. Focus your heart. I've been listening to a song this week by Brian and Katie Torwalt, and the song is called Remember. And one of the parts of the bridge in that song that's sung over and over again, talking to themselves, they sing, Oh, my soul, remember who you're talking to. And I think the reason this is so important is that before we go into times of prayer, before we go into the reading of Scripture, the point of silence is that we would remember who we're talking to. The importance of silence is that we are focusing our heart, that we are approaching the throne of heaven, that we are seeking to hear from God. And maybe it's just sitting in that silence for 30 seconds or even three minutes and just focusing our heart that we are hearing from the King of Heaven in this moment. And then in that silence, the fourth thing is to meditate on the Scriptures one word at a time. See, I think this for me is where what we're talking about is going to be different from like an Eastern meditation 
when I say silence, I'm not looking for you to find silence and to lose yourself in the silence and to empty your mind of all conscious thought. No, that's not the point. The point of silence is to not empty your mind of thought, but to focus your mind on the one thought. What is God saying to you? And what is he saying primarily through his word? And so as you read the scriptures, maybe you would meditate on those scriptures one word at a time. For instance, the last scripture that we read together today, Psalm 4610, stop fighting and know that I am God, may be like meditating on that one word at a time, may be, okay, stop. Stop means that I'm doing something, and that's something that I need to figure out what it is so I can stop doing it. Stop fighting. That's telling me that I am already actively, maybe even without knowing, fighting against the Lord. So I have to stop fighting, stop fighting and do what? And no. So it's not stop fighting and do something else. It's just stop fighting and know, realize, believe, remember. Remember what? That I am God. That God is the Lord. So it's kind of that meditating is not emptying your mind of conscious thought, but it is focusing your mind on a small thought, one word at a time, one phrase at a time as you go through Scripture. And then finally, the fifth and last thing is as you do all this, have a piece of paper. Have a pen. Because if you are going into the habit of silence for prayer and scripture reading, desiring to hear from the Lord, have pen and paper so you could write down what you believe the Lord is saying to you. Make a journal, make a copy, listen and write it down. That way, over time, you can look back and say, is there a consistent pattern in the direction that God is leading me in my life? What do I need to take notice of? So... I hope that today's been helpful. I hope that you will begin to embrace the idea of silence, that you won't be uncomfortable with it, that you'll embrace the idea of solitude. And as you build the habit of silence and solitude in your life, it really will be a force multiplier for the time that you spend in prayer and reading the scriptures. As we close today, let me, let me pray for you. God, thank you for the time that you've given us today to look to your word and to talk about something that we don't often talk about, something that's uncomfortable for many of us, that idea of silence and solitude. But God, I pray right now that you would press its importance on the heart of those of us who have heard it. God, that we would make a conscious effort to subjugate ourselves to you, to humble ourselves before you, and to approach you undistracted. God, that the habit of silence would bear fruit in our life so that we could hear clearly from you and obey you more closely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
as I'm gonna be. Today's message was needed. We all realize that there is too much noise and too many distractions. The need for peace and quiet is felt, but not often realized. Hearing today we must be intentional about building in times of silence and solitude requires us to make an action plan for our daily lives. Just like prayer and Bible reading, times of silence and solitude are essential for us to connect with God. When we don't recognize this truth, we miss out on hearing from Him. We can find ourselves praying, but not listening. We can find ourselves reading His Word, but not understanding. When we take away all the distractions and noise, we have the opportunity to <laughs> freaking cry. I was literally on the last sentence of that whole paragraph. You were cruising. I was cruising. It was the last <laughs> sentence of that paragraph. <laughs> their hair everywhere okay so just like okay right there yeah okay just like all right. something i can't read it upside down all right starting again just like prayer and bible reading times of silence and solitude are essential for us to connect with god when we don't recognize this truth we miss out on hearing from him we can find ourselves praying, but not listening. We can find ourselves reading his word, but not understanding. When we take away all the distractions and noise, we have the opportunity to finally be still and know. Think about building a daily plan of having time for silence and solitude. This may require you to get up earlier before the noise of the day starts. It will require you to put down your phone or turn off the TV. Look for a quiet place where you can be alone. We have heard throughout this series that these habits demand us to be intentional. Finding a time of silence and solitude may not be easy in our busy world, but it must not be overlooked or ignored. Good. Good job, Shrock. Sweet. E. The E for me. See, bro. I'm not sure, bro. See you later. Chris, happy Hi. birthday. Thank you. Enjoy yourself. If you need to be bailed out of jail, call me and AJ. We'll drive in. I will. I'll come get you. Straight up. Straight up. If I get a collect call today. Well, it'll be tomorrow. 
Sounds like you're getting started a little late. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. What else well, plans tonight? Well, we're finishing up this kind of stuff so that we can be off for like the rest of the week. But um, yeah, his friend Zach has the same birthday as him. That's right. And so Zach wasn't able to get off until what tomorrow or Friday. So yeah. we changed the plans to go like. Yeah, he was supposed to have today tomorrow off, but then somebody they changed it. Yeah. Booked like <coughs> didn't know that you and Chip literally had the same anniversary and so mm-hmm. I told Chris I was scrolling and I was like oh it's AJ and uh, I was like happy anniversary and then I scrolled the very next post was Chip and I was like well happy anniversary and I was like why I was like are they like why didn't you tell me that Chris like oh yeah we talked about it That's <laughs> I was like that has to be fake they have the Chip same literally anniversary told me that last week when I told him about oh Zach you and Zach yeah <coughs> Which Zach is his friend that came um, yeah. to the Jingle Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I remember you talking about him even before I met him, saying that. Yeah, but anyways, I was like, you punk it right now that y'all have the same anniversaries, literally? <coughs> <laughs> Crazy. God, I slept for like an hour last night. I was going to say, you seem a little... I'm so freaking tired. Tired, yeah. <coughs> I need to kick in the pants. <coughs> All right, you ready? <coughs> Well, hey, I'm glad to be back for week three on this side of the new year in our series, A Good Start. It's been some really good stuff, some, some maybe elementary-sounding stuff, but really when we get down to the nitty-gritty of it, it's the stuff that it takes to follow Jesus and get off to that good start uh, with your day, with your week, with your month, with your year, with your lifetime in pursuit of Him. So hopefully you've enjoyed it uh, and listening to it as much as we've enjoyed putting it together. It's been a lot of fun for us, and I know uh, that fun's going to keep going today as we have a conversation about something a little unique the idea of silence and what it looks like to sit in silence for a little bit. So Pastor Chip has a great message coming on that. But as always, there's a couple things that we want you to know. Uh, and the first one is this. We love communicating with you. We love those comments in the comment section. We love getting to hear from you, that back and forth banter, whether it's a good morning or a thought on the message. We love all that. And the second thing is this. We love getting to pray with you. If you have uh, just kind of stumbled upon us and realized, man, life is heavy right now and I just need somebody to come alongside me and pray with me, we have somebody ready to do that for you and with you right now. If you're watching on Facebook, you'll see a link to our online platform. That's where that'll happen. Click on that link. It'll send you over there. You'll see a button that says request live prayer, and that'll get us going there. But as always, we're excited about today. As always, I can't wait for the content. And as always, before we do anything else, we're going to do this. We're going to start with some awesome worship this morning. Um, We actually need to talk about phasing that worship out. Okay. And just banging it. Honestly. Hey, we start that the next series. Just freaking scrapping it. I don't think people care. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think people care. All right. Man, that was a little different, right? Silence and what it looks like to sit in silence. Okay, sorry. Jules gave you the look after I started going. I was like, did I do something wrong? No, you didn't do anything wrong. Man, that one's a little different, right? Silence and what it looks like to be in silence and the value of silence and and how silence impacts our walk and and just some of those moments that we need to carve out to do that. So hopefully that was good for you. Maybe it was a new revelation. Maybe it's something you've known you've needed for a while and you haven't just stepped into or uh, taken those first actionable steps to own. I used steps twice and it messed me up. I didn't like that. I did too. I couldn't get away from it. 
Man, silence. That's a unique one, right? Maybe one that you've never heard you needed before. Maybe it's one that you've known for a long time you've needed to take part in. I don't know, whatever it is, but hopefully today is the day you start to step into that and take a little bit of ownership uh, over some of these foundational things in your faith that we've talked about, silence being the big one today, maybe the big one for you to practice this week. But hey, if you're just kind of cruising through and you just saw us here online, decided to click on a link, but you don't have a church home, you're in that North Florida area, I would love to invite you to come join us at one of our four locations. This online platform is really just a snapshot of who we are, uh, not really the big picture, not even a great uh, idea of the kind of people you'll get to interact with, or the kind of people that call the orchard their home. We would love for you to come meet those people. We'd love for you to come meet one of our location pastors, shake their hand, get to know them a little bit. You can find all that information on the website. That link's always in the comments as well. So take us up on that. We'd love to meet you. I'd love to meet you. Can't wait to see you. If it's something that you do regularly because you just can't be with us in a different state or whatever else, man, we love getting to be with you every single week. We love that you faithfully watch and, and listen with us online every single week. And, and hopefully we'll get to do that with you at some point too. But really excited about where the series is going. Really excited about the next week that's coming. Hopefully you guys will join us then as well. Can't wait to see you. Yeah, awesome. yeah it's good enough for an hour of sleep. Good enough for an hour sleep, what happened? I just couldn't go to sleep, man. Yeah. I don't know what it was the deal. I just like caught myself, it was like 1.30.